Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the Wednesday night, December 21st. The last call before, well, not the last call before New Year's, but the last call before Christmas. And I'd like to take a moment to wish everybody a Merry Christmas because I get so so excited getting off the call, I may forget. So I'll wish it now. The, um, the good news to me is that Donald Trump was finally, you know, um, through the electoral vote, which... It didn't raise much concern, but you you never know what's going to ha- happen when it comes to Donald Trump and the people. There's so many people that are against him. Uh, if he was going to make it or not, and he did, and so I'm I'm well pleased with that. So now we can look forward to him coming in as of January 20th, and. And that's going to start a whole new ball game, and I'm excited about it because I think what he's going to uh, promote is um, honesty in government. I hope you know he's going to you know he he swears he's going to drain the swamp, and the swamp is in the courts, and the swamp is in the agencies, and this is going to be our this is going to, I'm going to take this as our time to start flooding the congressmen, the, mostly the Republicans, for what it's worth. And, and don't think for a moment I think there's a big difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. I don't. But, but the thing of, of it is you got to go, you know, if you're in Rome, you got to do what the Romans do. So... You know, I I know the Democrats are more favorable than the Democrats, so I'm going to hound them with with the uh, with with what we know about Section 83 and some other issues, and um, and and so I'm really going to be promoting this and and really getting on, and I'm going to be promoting on Facebook, and many of you who are not on Facebook. I understand why you're not. I don't particularly favor being there, but I use it to my advantage, and my family uses it, and my, you know, and I get to see my other family and friends, and we get caught up in the moment and everything sometimes, and that's a good thing, regardless. But it is also an avenue for me to talk about the IRS, which I haven't done as often as I would like to, but I'm going to starting this week. I'm going to start posting certain things about wevgov.com. I'm going to put out certain truths that people don't realize, 
And if you hammer a lot of these deadheads with a lot of information, it's going to overwhelm them. They're not going to accept it. And in fact, they'll run from it because they don't understand it. So I want to give little tidbits and, and so forth. And for those who are who are on Facebook, loco, locate me, Chris Chapman, and and hook up with me. And when I do a posting, I would like you to have you guys like it and and share it and all that because I want to get this around. I want to get this promoted. And sadly enough, I should have done this six or eight months ago. But, you know, there's always a reason and there's always an explanation of why and the why not, and it really doesn't matter. What matters is that we're going to be doing it now. So I would like to get your support in this and 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 so we can get this word out, uh, you know, abundantly. And I'm going to be doing this on Twitter and all that, and uh, which I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of Twitter either because I just can't get overwhelmed with all these hits that, that you get. But on the other hand, these hits are can be uh, profitable in the sense that they will get the information as well. So I'm going to be changing my my uh, my mo and getting and and really hammering the the IRS and exposing the lies the dece- the deception and whatever it takes we're going to make a difference in the upcoming months and and with that we'll we'll expand to hopefully having groups around the country that we can start our own thing like you know like hey man black lives matters or blue eye matters or whatever you know we need to make a difference and we need to get that going and together we can make make a difference we can make a big difference so with that i'm going to be working on something in the background i like to uh turn this over to dave Marilyn. we got some good news coming up and uh and and i see some exciting things that you know, we can't really discuss yet because they're not really, um, oh, how to say it, they're, not just, they're just not there yet. But I, but I can feel it. I can see it, and I know it's coming because the attitude of the American people is going to change. The, corrupt, the corruptness in government is really now being exposed more than ever, and the the stupidity in government is really being exposed and the only people that are jumping on the wagon is the stupid people themselves because we're sitting back here saying well we knew that we know that and oh you finally you know it's finally getting exposed well now we need not to counteract but we need to take their momentum and expose it even more so with that being said, I'd like to turn it over to my good friend and mentor, David Maryland. Dave, are you still on? Yeah, thank you, Chris. Take Can it you away. Hear me now? Yep. Great. Welcome to the American Liberties Call, December twenty first, twenty sixteen, Wednesday. Uh, another day in Parasite. Uh, I want to start the show with a warning and get that out of the way. Warning: There's an animated movie 
that uh, whoever proposed uh, your kids should view, the children should view. It's called Sing. And I just pasted a link to a trailer. Uh, I think that's on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, for the people that are just on the phone, watch a trailer that's 4 minutes, 32 seconds. Sing, trailer number two. And uh, at uh, 1 minute and 6 seconds in, uh, you'll see that uh, it's about a singing contest in a theater, and all the contestants are animals. And uh, you're going to see three uh, bunnies with their butts bouncing up and down, uh, which is directly from the ghetto. There's a young gorilla that's going to compete in the contest, and his father is in prison. Uh, Just an insidious idea for a movie, or an idea for a movie by all the wrong people. They're going to have at the singing contest a crocodile that's a rapper. Just vile, vile and amazing. I mentioned on a recent show, I think it was last Wednesday, we went over Bond versus United States. And I want to give you a couple links. Uh, The Bond versus United States, the first one that I touched on was a... uh, and uh, I read a whole bunch of this case. I think I read the whole decision, the uh, the opinion of the court, a 2000 case about Fourth Amendment unreasonable seizure. Here's the link to that one in the Supreme Court. And I pointed out that had this person not appealed to the Supreme Court, uh, there would have been an appellate ruling that said cops can go on a bus and squeeze the canvas bags that are on the shelf above the seats. And the Supreme Court said, no, they can't. That's a search. Thank you, Mr. Bond, for taking this to the Supreme Court. The second one uh, that we discussed was this Supreme Court decision. I'm pasting it into the chat about a woman who uh, was a chemical engineer of sorts And her best friend said, I'm pregnant. And it turns out Carol Ann Bond's husband was the father. And so she said about putting chemicals, caustic compounds, on a car door handle, a front door handle, and a mailbox handle, stole some mail. And she uh, reserved the right to appeal on Tenth Amendment grounds, saying that the uh, chemical weapons charge Uh, use of chemical weapons wasn't a federal overreach. And the Supreme Court said, yeah, that's right, it's a federal overreach. And, uh, oh, I gave you the 2011 case. Here comes the link to the, uh, yeah, 2011. And the Supreme Court said, uh, yeah, she has standing to sue under the Tenth Amendment, even though she's not a state, because the conviction definitely affects her. And so they remanded it. And they said, okay, now that you have standing, uh, we're going to decide whether or not it's an overreach by the federal government. And here's the link to the case that said, yeah, it's an overreach. This is an entirely local crime, and it should be tried in the state. 
And if she hadn't gone all the way to the Supreme Court, there'd be an appellate case out there that says we can reach into the state. And it begs the question, uh, since this is uh, the, the Supreme Court called this an unremarkable crime in the 2011 decision. Let's see. Let me find that. I'm looking for the word unremarkable. Well, I got to do a search for it. Hang on. Sorry about this. Says the uh, the Chemical Weapons Convention, that was a treaty, Implementation Act, which was a statute to bring it into effect, contains no such clear indication that Congress intended to reach into a state, and we accordingly conclude that it does not cover the unremarkable local offense at issue here. That's in the 2014 decision. And so they reversed her conviction saying it's federal overreach to apply the Chemical Weapons Treaty inside of a state to a local offense. And I extrapolated to say, well, let's say all I did was grow three or four marijuana plants and the federal government picked up the case. Uh, the only thing that happened was the manufacturer of a pound of methamphetamine inside of a state. How is that a federal offense? And you go down the litany of federal offenses that you see the, the federal government prosecuting and ask yourselves, how many of these are unremarkable local offenses? Contains no such clear indication, and we accordingly conclude that it does not cover the unremarkable local offense at issue here. And what they didn't say is that the Commerce Clause won't allow this. What they said was that the implementation of the Chemical Weapons Convention Treaty, uh, the statute doesn't contain an indication that Congress intended it to reach inside of a state. Uh, the preceding paragraph is uh, a long one. The question presented by this case is whether the Implementation Act also reaches purely local crime. An amateur attempt by a jilted wife to injure her husband's lover, which ended up causing only a minor thumb burn readily treated by rinsing with water. Because our constitutional structure leaves local criminal activity primarily to the states, but they don't mention the Commerce Clause right there. And uh, that's what they're, they're telling us. We have generally declined to read federal law as intruding on that responsibility unless Congress has clearly indicated that the law should have such reach. Um, it, I feel it should be read unless the Commerce Clause allows it. Because in 1995, U.S. versus Lopez, Supreme Court, the uh, San Antonio youth Mr. Lopez took a gun 
to school. And they prosecuted him under the Federal uh, Safe School Zone Act. And it was found that his act of taking a gun to school wasn't an act that substantially affected interstate commerce. And that was the standard there. So why would the standard be different just because they implemented a treaty? If they intended it to reach inside of a state, that's not the really the uh, the uh, criteria that I feel they should use in this case. Uh, whether Congress intended to reach inside of a state, Congress is bound by the Constitution. It's not whether Congress intended to reach into a state; it's whether or not the act substantially affects interstate commerce. So I feel they really sidestep the Commerce Clause in that uh, description, but uh, for what it's worth, uh, on that ground, they dismiss the conviction, saying it's a purely local offense and the state should handle it. And that's always good news, but again, you look at the peril posed by uh, posed by the um, um, the appellate decision uh, being the the guidepost. If they didn't appeal to the Supreme Court, and I, you know you got this tax code out there that uh, requires everybody go all the way to the Supreme Court to get review because you can't have review in the lower courts. Period. And so you don't even litigate a tax issue unless you're just doing it for an exercise or you have the resolve to take it all the way to the Supreme Court, because it'll never be a serious attempt. Uh, case in point, the um, here's for Alpha X-ray, here's the third of those cases. Um, the, uh, and the, the whole link does not show up in my window on TalkShoe here. I hope those work for everybody. Um, the case in South Carolina, the case in South Dakota, the only reason we filed those was so that the plaintiffs could say, I even sued the United States for proof that the tax code applies to Americans and they can't debate me on four or five statutes. That's all we intended to get out of those lawsuits. That's what I mean when it's just an exercise. We did not do it with the intent to appeal all the way to the Supreme Court because we'd be appealing jack squat. The reasons they dismissed the lawsuits are invalid. And we're waiting for them to decide on the amended lawsuit in South Carolina. It's been upwards of two months uh, since uh, he brought to the court's attention that indeed there was an opposition filed to the magistrate's recommendation. The court had dismissed the case saying you didn't even respond to the magistrate's uh, recommendation, so I'm dismissing the case. Excuse me, yes, we did. There's an opposition on file. What are you talking about? Reopen the case, please. And they haven't said a word about it. And we're probably overdue to go uh, on to PACER and uh, check that out. It's been probably a couple weeks since we took a peek at the docket. Uh, normally, that Illinois asks, how long does it normally take? Uh, nothing's normal. <laughs> because uh, he pointed out in his opposition to the magistrate's recommendation that uh, 
there's a criminal complaint now filed with the House Judiciary Committee alleging that you committed felonies when you dismissed the first one on invalid grounds. Uh, so the whole country can arrest you. And bam, right there, there was a site of those, I don't know, 15 or 20 citizens arrest cases from uh, from uh, LexisNexis. So uh, they're taking a long look at this, and uh, which is kind of funny, but can we please move forward? Now there's a Christmas special. If you've had your eye on a particular course on wevgov.com products page, uh, you go there, and uh, right now Chris is reducing the price uh, via promo code. And if you order the fla- any of the flash drives before uh, Monday, you'll get 40% off from what Chris tells me. And the promo code is Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, as in Christmas. So type in the word Mary and have a Merry Christmas. And uh, when Chris receives that order, he'll get that flash drive right out to you. So if you've had your eye on any of those courses and you haven't bought them yet, uh, here's a special. And, of course, everybody can use this support during the holidays. Now, um, I know it's, it's hard to sit and read a Supreme Court decision, but I want to remind you that I don't give you research to do. I give you the results of research I've done. And so I don't say just go to scholar.google.com and and bring up a case and read it. There's a particular lesson in this case. And um, the uh, uh, they do get in, in this bond decision of 2014 uh, where they reverse their conviction Uh, They do get into the Commerce Clause later on in the decision, but I think because of the corruption of every judge in the country, uh, they're going to seize upon that uh, first comment I read from this case about how there's no expression in the uh, statute that would lead one to believe Congress intended to reach into the state And here at page uh, 2086, it says, in our federal system, the national government possesses only limited powers. The states and the people retain the remainder. The states have broad authority to enact legislation for the public good, what we have often called police power. United States versus Lopez, 1995. The federal government, by contrast, has no such authority and can exercise only the powers granted to it. McCullough versus Maryland, 1819, including the power to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the enumerated powers. See Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18. So they, they do get into the Commerce Clause later in the decision. Uh, for nearly two centuries, as it has been clear that lacking a police power, Congress cannot punish uh, felonies generally. Horse pucky, the methamphetamine was manufactured inside of the state. The cocaine 
was possessed by somebody that bought it inside of the state, and it was a small amount, and the feds will pick it up. A criminal act committed wholly within a state cannot be made an offense against the United States unless it has some relation to the execution of a power of Congress or to some matter within the jurisdiction of the United States. The U.S. versus Fox, 1878. So again, this is the results of research. There's a great lesson in this case, and uh, I feel it directly impacts or should impact your perceptions about the federal government and what you see it commonly doing. It reaches into the state all the time for purely local crime. And just because it's drugs, they say that's federal jurisdiction. Well, why, how does that affect the federal government? Well, because the federal government's the biggest drug dealer or something. Uh, they'd never say that, but the, the federal government has moved into the states based on drug crime and uh, in other matters, uh, which, you know, if you, if you look and look, you'll find other matters. But um, the... Uh, Let's see. We instead read the statute more narrowly to require proof of a connection to interstate commerce in every case, thereby preserving as an element of all offenses a requirement suited to federal criminal jurisdiction alone. Yay. Thank you. And that would be uh, uh, in the case of... I'm scrolling up. Uh, they keep citing a case which is uh, the party is Bass, but I don't know if it's U.S. versus it's U.S. versus Bass, 1971. Um, so anyway, you look around with this lesson already having been observed, and uh, hopefully it'll help you see what the federal government does in a little bit different light, a better understanding that they encroach on the states all the time. Uh, let's see. As we have explained, Congress has traditionally been reluctant to define as a federal crime conduct readily denounced as criminal by the state. Horse pucky. No, they haven't. What this signals is that there aren't enough cases going to the Supreme Court on the Tenth Amendment. And I'll tell you what, uh, Carol Ann Bond signed a plea agreement that was conditional. She reserved the right to appeal based on the Tenth Amendment. You don't have to reserve that right. Everybody that pled guilty has the right to appeal a constitutional issue, especially one about jurisdiction. If you're appealing based on jurisdiction, you're appealing based on innocence. I can't be guilty of a crime that doesn't meet a criminal statute that doesn't meet me. If it doesn't reach me, I'm innocent. Period. How do you waive innocence? A plea agreement is treated as a contract. You can't contract into court. You have to be guilty and you have to be charged by competent authorities. Period. So no matter what, it, that would be called an unconscionable contract. It's an illegal contract. I'm not speaking of contract 
in the sense of the patriot movement use of the term. There is a meeting of minds when you sign a plea agreement, but it's an illegal contract, an unconscionable contract. You can appeal it if you're challenging jurisdiction because a party cannot waive jurisdiction to the court. The court has to have inherent jurisdiction, period. So uh, uh, anyway, she appealed to the Supreme Court saying this is a local offense. And she, her attorney, Paul D. Clement, was appointed to her by the Supreme Court to litigate the issue. And cha-ching, bingo, hit the nail on the head. So um, anyway, read that case. Yes, uh, you know, starts on page 2082. And the decision runs through, let's see, 2094. So it's a 12-page Supreme Court decision. Then there are concurring opinions by Justice Scalia uh, and Thomas, one, one concurring opinion, and then an additional concurring opinion by Judge Alito. And they go through page, let's see. So it started on 2082, and the opinions run through, not counting footnotes, page 2111. So 1829 page decision. That's a lot of reading. But it's invaluable to take this lesson. So I'm not asking you to do research. I'm asking you to observe the results of research. Here's a case about the Commerce Clause and congressional overreach or the Department of Justice overreach. Congress did not intend this. And so it's not really a challenge to the law on Tenth Amendment grounds. It's a challenge to the actions of the Department of Justice on Tenth Amendment grounds. And once again, for anybody arriving late on the call, if you go to wevgov.com, wevgov.com, go to the products page, any of those flash drive products, uh, not the publications, but the flash drives, you can get 40% off by entering the promo code MARY, as in Christmas, M-E-R-R-Y. Now, the, um, uh, the lesson in this case really is invaluable. And uh, it's a lesson that I took in 1995 when U.S. versus Lopez was decision uh, decision was made. You know, I said, wow, uh, it has to be an act that substantially affects interstate commerce. And the 16th Amendment says collect, uh, land collect income taxes, blah, 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 among the states. Among the states means more than one state. It means interstate generation of income, not totally in-state. Uh, and when uh, there's language in one amendment, that has to be read as the same language in another amendment when it uses the same language. So the word among the states in the Commerce Clause and among the states in the 16th Amendment, they have to be read as the same thing, but we can't sell our labor inside of a state without paying FICA and without paying Chapter 1 income taxes. So when you read this, 
and consider that the 16th Amendment says among states, bingo. But anyway, in 1995, I went to U.S. versus Lopez, and I looked up every case that was cited in U.S. versus Lopez, and I read them, and I highlighted the juicy parts, put a, a bracket around the pertinent paragraphs in my photocopy. So here, here I was at the uh, University of Washington Law Library, and I went to the shelf, and I looked up every case cited in U.S. versus Lopez until I had a great big stack of law books with a uh, page marker in each one of them. And I put those on a cart, so I probably had 20 or 30 books um, on a cart and wheeled it up a couple floors to their copy center and said, uh, I got my marker at the last page of each of these cases because they copy the last page first, the, net, uh, the previous page second, so that when it comes out of the copier, it's in the correct order instead of reverse order. So they start at the end of the case. And I said, I got my marker at the end of each of these cases. I need all these photocopied. And uh, I uh, left the law, uh, law library with a great big stack of paper. And uh, I don't know what my copy bill was. I'm doing a search right now. I'm going to try to put that document on the web for you for free. I scanned recently a uh, <clears throat> uh, that stack of photocopied cases. So if you wanted to, you read these this case about Carol Ann Bond and the Commerce Clause, and then look at the cases I photocopied in 1995-1996 about the Commerce Clause. And uh, there's a great course in its entirety free from the Supreme Court to you about this aspect of American jurisprudence. Uh, remember that um, there is bad case law out there, and so I really try to stay with uh, federal appellate and federal Supreme Court decisions <clears throat> for my maxims and constitutional decisions. Uh, but every one of these cases is a free law seminar directly from a judge. That's how you got to view them. And uh, when the judges say particular things, uh, you use that language against them. It's what to do. Now, I've got some results on my hard drive search right here. And... Uh, Let's open that. Okay. It uh, looks like they're not all in one file. So I'm going to zip this. Give me a second. The hard drive has to search itself again uh, to come up with those results. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to zip that file and stick it on the web. Well, let's check real quick. It might already be on the web. I'm checking the server in uh, Texas, which is where our host is. And on WeVGov, it is not. 
So now I'm looking in the uh, the take from Caesar files. Let's see here. No, it's not yet on the web. So I'm going to zip it real quick here. Interstate commerce cases. Well, I'll tell you what, you just never have the the desired command on the right window. So jeez. It's incredible. It's just incredible. Uh all I needed was to go back one location, but I have to go back to the general search and uh and do it again. Just amazing. I'll tell you what, for all the technical crap that the computer industry masters, just user interface, they got a bunch of morons uh at the helm. And we have nuclear weapons. That's uh those are opposites right there. How is a pack of morons going to manage the fact that we have nuclear weapons? And they're calling for term limits in Congress. And if we get term limits, that means you won't have people in Congress that really know a lot. And Chris says he doesn't know the difference between the Democrats and Republicans. Uh, you're about to see that in spades. There's huge differences. Uh, the Democrats it's a bunch of, that's where the morons end up. And they get conned into thinking that communism and Marxism is okay. And Republicans don't. <laughs> uh, it's that simple. There's a, there's a huge difference between uh, Republicans in the know and Democrats in the know. Uh, Democrats who are in the know, they know the wrong side of politics. And they're dangerous. So I finally got that folder on my desktop. It's 364 megabytes. Let me zip it, and I'll load it onto the web and give you the address. And you'll have all those interstate commerce cases, which is a great lesson, a great lesson when you see the federal government reaching into a state. Uh, these cases will stick in your mind uh, to say, you know, I'm not sure they can do that. Okay, compress. <clears throat> it's going to be wevgov.com slash all lowercase, no spaces, wevgov.com slash commerce dot p, uh, dot zip. wevgov.com slash commerce dot zip. I haven't loaded it onto the web yet. It'll take a few minutes because it's going to be a very large file. But you'll have in there uh, U.S. versus DeWitt, U.S. versus Lopez. Um, you're going to have uh, oh, Ogden versus Gibbons, I think, is one. Uh, another great commerce case, uh, interstate commerce clause case. Commerce.zip. And bingo, I have started 
the upload. It's going to take a while. Uh, again, it's a pretty large file. The file will be 362 megabytes because I scanned them in uh, high quality. They're only photocopied cases, so I used high quality PDF scanning uh, so that they retain their uh, quality. Now, um, wevgov.com slash commerce.zip, the uh, Ogden versus Gibbons or Gibbons versus Ogden um, was a great case, very plainly stated uh, that the Commerce Clause restricts commerce authority to enter a state. And this was about, uh, this is when uh, people's lighting was by lantern, and Congress sought to ban the sale of naphtha oils within a state that was used for lighting because the oil was very um, flammable. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find. Gibbons versus Ogden, eighteen twenty-four. Here comes the link, and uh, let's see here. Juggling windows. Gibbons versus Ogden, and the Supreme Court said, in a relatively short decision, that uh, uh, this is an act of commerce totally within the state. This is intrastate commerce. And so Congress has no such authority. I'm looking at page 194 of that case. Uh, and this is Gibbons, G-I-B-B-O-N-S G -I -B -B -O -N -S versus Ogden, 22 U.S. 1. 22 U.S. 1, 1824 case. Uh, let's see. Back to page... 194, was it? The subject to which this power is next applied is to commerce among the several states. The word among means intermingled with. A thing which occurs is among others. A thing which is among others is intermingled with them. Commerce among the states cannot stop at the external boundaries, boundary lines of each state, but may be introduced into the interior. But only when it's interstate commerce, not intrastate. Well, why does the word among in the 16th Amendment have a different meaning than it does in the Commerce Clause? And that's a question for the judges. And the judges are corrupt, so the federal government can get your money. It's an old old story. I sound like the president-elect. Old, old story. A story which is very old. It's old. That's my Trump impression. So, the um, there's a great lesson in the uh, in the uh, Commerce Clause cases that I, I'm giving you at this moment. The upload is almost finished. And in the uh, Carol Ann Bond decision of 2014. So 
So the 2011 Carol Ann Bond case was about whether or not she had standing to sue under the uh, Commerce Clause because she's not a state. And the Supreme Court said, oh, yeah, she has standing. And then she had to go all the way to the Supreme Court again to say, uh, for the Supreme Court to say, no, this chemical weapons treaty doesn't reach inside of a state. And the upload is complete. WeVGov.com slash commerce dot zip. And you're certainly welcome. That's today's freebie. And again, there's a 40% discount on the uh, flash drive products you see at WeVGov.com. So you want to rush in and get those because uh, Monday that special is over. 40% off our Christmas special from Chris and I directly to you. Uh, the several people that are interested in what I have to say. <laughs> You're unique. Your group is is uh, elite. <laughs> it's pretty sad. I got I got ten people that want to hear what I have to say. So uh, and remember, there's an archive at, here at Talkshoe on Chris's show eight seven four eight eight. The channel you're on right now eight seven four eight eight. And on 59615, no confidence, 59615, that's my channel. And uh, there's a bunch of great discussion there on a a myriad of topics. And we're going to open it up to question and answer now near the top of the hour. And if I don't see you again, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'll be doing a show on Saturday, of course. And Saturday is my birthday. So uh, might see you on Saturday. Chris? Okay. Do you, uh, by any chance, do you want to talk? Mention, just mention about the other finding you have about any. Uh, yeah, I looked up specifically. Uh, Chris has a tax court case that's going on to appeal on the 11th Circuit, and I went through the case sites about any property that you see there on wevgov.com on the federal income taxation page. Down in the bottom third of the page is uh, Section 83 sketch. And I looked for an 11th Circuit case in that annotation, and bingo, I went to that 11th Circuit case, which is uh, Arcia, is the name of the the plaintiff in the, in the 11th Circuit. Hang on. Or the appellant. Case law, federal courts, select courts. 11th Circuit, Court of Appeals. I'm on scholar.google.com, of course. And Arcia. Search. Arcia versus Florida, Secretary of State, 2014, 11th Circuit. And uh, this case, we're talking about the word any in the regulations under Section 83. The term amount paid refers to the value of any money or property paid. And this case is uh, excellent. Let's see. I'm going to go to, uh, I got a brief here on my desktop. And I'm going to go to the top of this and do a search for Arcia, A-R-C-I-A. And listen to what the 11th Circuit says about the term any. In 2014, as in all cases involving statutory construction, our starting point must be the language employed by Congress, and we assume that the legislative purpose purpose is expressed by the ordinary meaning of the words used. 
However, in the case of the health care bill a couple of years ago, they said, well, the subsidies only apply to those who bought their insurance on the state exchanges, but we're going to read that as state or federal exchanges. Anybody can get a subsidy. So they broke from that rule a couple of years ago in a major way. Um, courts must assume that Congress intended the ordinary meaning of the words used uh, and absent a clearly expressed legislation intent, uh, legislative intent to the contrary. Finally, the phrase any program suggests that the 90-day provision has a broad meaning. Both the Supreme Court and this court have had occasion to consider the meaning of the word any. Um, one or some indiscriminately of whatever kind. In the same way, this court has held that when Congress does not add any language limiting the breadth of that word, any means all. This long history of established meaning is important because we readily presume that Congress knows the settled legal definition of the, word it, uh, the words it uses and uses them in the settled sense. Excellent. So he's appealing to an 11th Circuit that on uh, here in uh, 2014 made this ruling regarding the term any. And we know that that's the difference between having a paycheck that is taxable and a paycheck that is not taxable. I'm pasting in the name of the case on the site there. Arcia versus Florida Secretary of State, 746 Federal 3rd, 1273. 746 Federal 3rd, 1273, at page 1281. So here we go, right into a circuit that visited the meaning of the term any as recently as 2014. Come on, Your Honor. You circuit judges, you, why don't you uh, tell me all about the exclusion of labor from the term any money or property paid. How do you do that without a law? that says we hereby exclude labor for whatever reason. That's what they're up against. And we know from the Talmadge decision in 1995-1996 that was just three months ago, the IRS agreed that Talmadge is the standard, so it's a brand new, it's a renewal of that standard in writing from the IRS commissioner in tax court right on the docket uh, that's the standard, but they don't cite a law that allows them to exclude labor from a consideration of cost after telling you that your cost is the value of any money or property paid. Checkmate. So it should be very, it might be amusing, it might actually be very interesting to have that court drag right into its decision about the term any and make them say, well, we we weren't talking about labor. Oh, so the, the most sacred property is exempted from consideration as a cost, even though the law says <clears throat> any money or property paid. Uh, Section 61 is not the only applicant. Yeah, right, that's what they'll probably say, RMK. Uh, puts into the chat, well, Section 61 is the only applicable code. So that's exactly what they're going to have to say. They will not consider Section 83 because it protects all property as a cost. 
including labor, because there is no exception to 1.83-3G, which you'll see on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com. The, for the purposes of Section 83 and the regulations thereunder, the term amount paid refers to the value of any money or property paid. Labor's property, checkmate. So uh, that's why Chris wanted me to mention that case. Uh, he's excited about it. And I have to admit, I was pretty excited about it when I I uh, read that case. And uh, I was already citing it. I knew it was one that, that cited U.S. versus or, uh, Gonzalez, one of the Supreme Court cases on the term any. And I got into its language real specifically there. And on the 11th Circuit, we got tools. Anybody got a question? Yeah, I'd just like to say the reason, reason I'm a little excited about it because it's in, it's in the circuit that I'm going into because when you use other circuits, they they may disagree with that circuit and go on their own. But here, they're they're going to have to disagree with themselves, and that's what I like. On something that they say they've rendered a decision about in the past, also. Yeah. We've, we've already decided this, and here's another. Re, here's a restatement of our sentiments, our our interpretation of the term any. Yep. How great is that? Okay, if there's any questions, hit star eight on on the telephone. And if you have any questions, now is to put them uh, 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 type it in into the chat board. And uh, so I don't see any questions on the uh, board. Thanks, Illinois. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. And uh, Okay, well, again, have a Merry Christmas, and uh, God bless America, and this call is officially over. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.